imperialists getting ready to ditch Zelensky. As they reach the bottom of the barrel of funds, weapons and manpower, the imperialists need a frontman who is capable of suing for peace. It's been nearly two years. Russia still controls a fifth of Ukraine's territory. Tens of thousands have been killed. Global support for the war is shrinking. The Lonely Fight of Volodymyr Zelensky by Simon Schuster Imperialist policies and media are visibly distancing themselves from their former favourite, Volodymyr Zelensky, where he was previously presented as a heroic Churchillian figure. He now comes across more like Hitler in the last days in a Berlin bunker. This is no accident. As the need to begin negotiating the terms of defeat becomes more urgent and Zelensky shows himself unable to adapt to this new reality, a narrative to cover his dismissal must now be generated. Imperialism wanted Ukraine to fight a proxy war against Russia, a war whose ultimate aim was to balkanise the country. This was to be an American war, fought out primarily on Ukrainian soil, led by neo-Nazis and sacrificing Ukrainian lives. That was the reality. But to obscure this reality, the stooge showman president, Vladimir Zelensky, had to present in its place a make-believe war, a war of supposed national resistance, against a bullying oppressor, a war which pitched a supposedly democratic Ukrainian David, don't laugh, against an evil and oppressive Russian Goliath, a war that could be sold to US public opinion and to the US Congress in particular. False narratives shifting under pressure of battlefield realities. It was always a struggle to maintain this fiction when the facts on the ground so roundly asserted themselves to the contrary. But, with the help of a compliant media, public opinion in the West for some time remained largely credulous, drip-fed on a diet of fabricated tales of Russian atrocities and Ukrainian daring do. What has recently started to shift perceptions in a big way is the hopeless collapse of the much-touted Ukrainian spring-summer counteroffensive. And after being pent up for so long behind a wall of propaganda lies, when reality now comes bursting through, it is unstoppable. Suddenly everything is spilling out, the corruption infecting every corner of government, with its epicentre in the presidential office itself, the dominance of neo-Nazis in public life, with a Waffen-SS veteran cheered to the rafters in the Canadian Parliament, and the police state reality that underlines the pretty lies about Ukrainian freedom and democracy. Most of these unsavoury truths have long been available to anyone prepared to dig a little, but there is nothing like defeat in war to bring them all to the surface. A recent interview in The Economist with Ukrainian Commander-in-Chief General Valery Zeluny gave a damning assessment of Ukraine's conduct of the war, concluding that the current military situation is one of stalemate. Zaluzny maintains that an army of Ukraine's standard ought to have been able to move at a speed of 30 kilometres a day as it breached Russian lines, pointing out that, quote, if you look at NATO's textbooks as the maths which we did, four months should have been enough time for us to have reached Crimea, to have fought in Crimea, to return from Crimea, and to have gone back in and out again, end quote. Instead of which, his troops got stuck in minefields on the approaches to Bakhmut in the east, where his western-supplied equipment got pummeled by Russian artillery and drones. He says the same thing happened on the offensive's main thrust in the south, where inexperienced brigades immediately ran into trouble. 
Ukraine's commander-in-chief on the breakthrough he needs to beat Russia, Economist First, November 2023. Zaluzny wants to save his own skin, and perhaps even to carve out a political future for himself, by ascribing Kiev's military disaster to causes beyond his control, or somehow down to political interference. But in doing so, he has opened the door a crack, revealing the massive incompetence and waste of lives and money the war has incurred. U.S. leaders preparing to ditch their failed project. Since February 22, the USA has spent $43.9 billion on what it calls security assistance, i.e. weapons, for Ukraine. The total that has been spent in propping up the Ukrainian state and national economy, as well as its war machine, runs to $75 billion from the U.S. alone, supplemented by further billions from Britain and the European Union states. But now NBC News cites one U.S. official as saying there is only about $5 billion left in the kitty before the money runs out. Less than Ukraine gets through in a month. U.S. European officials broached topic of peace negotiations with Ukraine. Sources say NBC News, 3rd of November 2023. A Gallup poll three months ago found that 24% of U.S. citizens thought the U.S. was giving Kiev too much aid. Now the malcontent percentage has risen to 41% in a poll that is bound to be rigged to find in favour of government policy. This growing mood of public disaffection with the war is reflected in the reluctance of some in Congress, especially on the Republican side, to go on funding Ukraine. In a bid to circumvent resistance to further funding, President Joe Biden is trying to sneak aid for Kiev in on the back of funding for Israel, but this is also facing opposition. Meanwhile, as a delusional Zelensky continues to insist that there will be no talks with Russia until Crimea and all the other liberated Russian territories revert to rule by Kiev, NBC News has reported that, quote, US and European officials have begun quietly talking to the Ukrainian government about what possible peace negotiations with Russia might entail to end the war, according to one current senior US official and one former senior US official familiar with the discussions. The conversations have included very broad outlines of what Ukraine might need to give up to reach a deal, the officials said. Some of the talks, which officials describe as delicate, took place last month during a meeting of representatives from more than 50 nations supporting Ukraine, including NATO members known as the Ukraine Defence Contact Group, the officials said. End quote. Imperialism has no permanent friends. Ukraine's illegitimate actor president, Volodymyr Zelensky, is finding out what happens when a puppet of imperialism fails to comply with the instructions he is being given by his masters. If, instead of slavishly following orders, he had taken a little time to consider the cruel fate that had awaited other puppets and collaborators when they failed to deliver the results their masters had demanded of them, this former comedian might have been less enthusiastically compliant. Had he not seen those television images of disappointed collaborators fighting to get aboard the helicopter before it lifted off the roof of the U.S. Embassy in Saigon, as was, or those more recent images of collaborators fleeing Kabul as the occupation regime abruptly folded? If imperialism is ruthless against its enemies, it is as much if not more so against its friends when they fail to deliver the outcome for which they have been paid. Zelensky has not only failed to deliver on plan, but is now imprudent enough to blame his masters for the failure and obstinate enough to resist all suggestions of talks with Russia. 
It was not so long ago that the Time magazine showcased Zelensky as Person of the Year for 2022 and had him on the front cover in heroic pose. But a more recent edition of the magazine this month featured a lengthy article by Simon Schuster. Its tone was a million miles away from that earlier fawning coverage, a grim reminder of how fast the imperialists and their pet media will raise you up or bring you low. Under the mocking headline, Nobody believes in our victory like I do, Schuster comprehensively tore the Ukrainian leader apart. Quote, Vladimir Zelensky was running late. Quote, the invitation to his speech at the National Archives in Washington had gone out to several hundred guests, including congressional leaders and top officials from the Biden administration. Billed as the main event of his visit in late September, it will give him a chance to inspire US support against Russia with the kind of oratory the world has come to expect from UK's wartime president. It did not go as planned. That afternoon, Zelensky's meeting at the White House and Pentagon delayed him by more than an hour. And when he finally arrived to begin his speech at 6.41pm, he looked distant and agitated. He relied on his wife, First Lady Elena Zelensky, to carry his message of resilience on the stage beside him, while his own delivery felt stilted, as though he wanted to get it over with. At one point, while handing out medals after the speech, he urged the organiser to hurry things along. After his visit to Washington, time followed the President and his team back to Kiev, hoping to understand how they would react to the signals they had received, especially the insistent calls for Zelensky to fight corruption inside his own government and a fading enthusiasm for a war with no end in sight. On my first day in Kiev, I asked one member of his circle how the President was feeling. The response came with a sec without a second's hesitation. Angry. The usual sparkle of his optimism, his sense of humour, his tendency to lighten up a meeting in the war room with a bit of banter or a bawdy joke, none of that has survived into the second year of all-out war. Now he walks in, gets the updates, gives the orders and walks out, says one long-time member of his team. And another tells me, most of all, Zelensky feels betrayed by his Western allies. They have left him without the means to win the war, only the means to survive it. But his convictions haven't changed. Despite the recent setbacks on the battlefield, he does not intend to give up fighting or to sue for any kind of peace. On the contrary, his belief in Ukraine's ultimate victory over Russia has hardened into a form that worries some of his advisers. It is immovable, verging on the messianic. He deludes himself, one of his closest allies tells me in frustration. We're out of options. We're not winning, but we're not telling him that. End quote. Nobody believes in our victory like I do. Inside Vladimir Zelensky's struggle to keep Ukraine in the fight by Simon Schuster, Time Magazine, 1st of November 2023. Thanks for listening to Proletarian Radio. We aim to bring you the best Marxist analysis on current affairs, revolutionary history and theory. Do like, comment, subscribe and share our content to help us reach the widest possible audience. We are a small organisation with limited resources and we need workers' support if we are to grow and fulfil our mission. If you are able to make a one-off or regular donation, no matter how small, please visit our website at thecommunists.org and register as a supporter.